and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. In our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, I kind of want to start here. We're starting a new series today called Promises. Say Promises. 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 And I was trying to think, like, what do we want to talk about over the next five to six weeks? And sometimes... Sometimes there's information that we give you where we're, want to t- we're wanting to take you somewhere. For instance, when we talk about ministering to the Lord or building a house for God, how many of you can understand we're trying to go somewhere? Like as a community, we're trying to go on a journey to explore all that is available to us as God's people. But there are times where we need to be reminded of what's available to us here and now. And so what I felt in my heart as we go into this next collection of, 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 of speaking, which is going to be multiple speakers, is that we would be anchored into the promises of God. How many of you know the Bible is full of promises? We, if you, are a per, if you are a child of God, if you have said yes to Jesus, you are a person of promise. There are promises that are available to you that are also meant to flow through you. Meaning, like, you receive a promise, but once you receive a promise, you become a dealer of promise. Like, you invite people into that space, into that place. So I'm excited that in a world that is trying to anchor us into a lot of different things, you watch the news, what are they trying to anchor you into? Fear, uncertainty, doubt. You get into certain circles, there's division, there's all kinds of things. I want us as a people to anchor ourselves into hope. Say hope. I want us to know the promises of God. And here on Wednesday night, we were, we were having prayer room. How many of you were here? It was a bomb. If you're, man, you're missing out if you're not here. It's just a beautiful time with the Lord, and he always does something different. But Pastor Tyler started talking about all of the covenants and, like, our history as God's people. How many of you know that if, you, if you're a Christian, there is a history? Like, thousands of years of history that you are invited into as a believer of Christ. You are grafted into a storyline that is way bigger than any one of us. And what's beautiful about that is we get to draw from those places. So we were even talking about like one of the scriptures that that we talk about a lot is, is David when he's in the temple and he's talking about this one thing I ask, this one thing I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. And we were talking about how we, we quote that scripture today, but that really happened. David was really sitting in a space, and he had everything he could ever want, and yet he, he secludes himself in the midst of pressure because the context of that scripture was there was a lot of opposition. There was a lot of, there was a lot of things that could have had his attention, but he, I just imagine him, he, 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 he goes away, and he's like, you know what? This is what I want. This is the one thing that I seek, to dwell in your presence and to see your beauty. It's not just like a real person said that. And thousands of years later, we get to pull on that, and it becomes something that we stand on. You see what I'm saying? And so we want to take a few weeks to talk about some of the different covenants, because really the covenants of God are kind of the backbone of the Bible. You see that God establishes covenant. He puts Adam and Eve in a garden, and he gives them a mandate. What's the mandate? To be fruitful and to multiply. It was God's plan for Adam and Eve to continue to expand and to to make his kingdom the kingdom over the whole earth. That's always been God's plan. It's God's plan through you today. You've got to know. A lot of times people are like, well, you don't speak a lot about what's going on in the world. Listen. You reap the benefits of the kingdom you preach. 
If you spend a lot of time talking about the kingdom of the world, you will reap the fruits of the kingdom of the world. And so what we're we're trying to do is invite you into a greater reality so you can reap the fruit of that reality, which is the kingdom of heaven. When Jesus came, his message was the kingdom of heaven. And he invited people into that kingdom. And so as we were worshiping today, this scripture was in my heart. And it's Ephesians 1 verse 18. And it's Paul praying. And he's praying for the people of Ephesus. And he's saying this. I pray that your hearts would be flooded with light. So that your hearts will be flooded. I pray that so that you can understand. Say understand. The confident hope. This is what I want to anchor us into today. I pray that today every person would leave with a confident hope. Not a wavering like that might happen. God might have a confident hope. He has given to those that he calls his holy people who are rich and glorious and what? Inheritance. There is an inheritance that has been stored up to you. And what Paul's praying is that that light would shine so that you can see what's available to you. Are you seeing that? That there would be a confident hope that would anchor you in. And so as I was preparing for today, I started to think about the story of Abraham. How many of you know the story of Abraham? Abraham, there was a a covenant with Noah, which we might talk about another week, but what I really felt like for today was to talk about the covenant of Abraham, which is available to us today, which which we have been invited into. And so I I just want to... I just want to invite you. Let's just close our eyes for just a moment. I I rarely do this, but I just feel like I needed to pray. Father, Father, I pray over every heart right now that we would be able to receive everything that you have for us. Father, in covenant, you bind us. And I pray that today that we would bind ourselves to truth that every lie would be eradicated, uprooted, and cast out. In Jesus' name. (laughs) You know, I was thinking about, during worship, about, for some reason, rain. And sometimes when when we're we're worshiping, um, many times there's a a semblance of, like, rain coming down. There's a song that used to go, rain down. There was all kinds of stuff about let it rain. You get it? And I was thinking about how sometimes it's raining, and we think that rain starts in the sky, but rain really starts here, right? Like, in order for rain to happen, the sun shines, and there's precipitation, and what's down here comes up there. And so what... It starts with the sun, which is no different than our faith, shining on us. And then there's a response on the earth that causes something to go up. And when something goes up, when it hits the right time, like when the cloud has, it has been stored up enough, it begins to release. And as God's people, I'm believing that God would fill us with promise. And that we would reflect that, that we would receive the truth from the sun but that we would give it back so that we can receive all that God has for us. So the concept of covenant is interesting, right? If you're married, you have gone into a covenant. And in, in, our, te- in our day and age, we have relegated covenant or that to a contract. And while covenant can be a contract, it's much more than that. Covenant has to do with, with passion. It has to do with, with sacrifice. You can have passion, but if you don't have sacrifice, passion won't 
it won't sustain you. You could have sacrifice, but if there's no passion, then it's unto, it, it won't continue going. You understand? And so as people of covenant, what God is inviting us into is this passionate, dynamic relationship with him. Where we yield, we surrender, and we are invited to lay down our life for him and for one another. Are we on the same page? And so in the, in the story of Abraham, you see that God gives Abraham a dream. And I want you to understand this. God, when you begin to walk with him, he will begin to speak to your heart. And he will give you dreams. And I want you to know God cares about your dreams. Let's just say it. God cares about my dreams. Let's do it again. God cares about my dreams. You need to understand that every seed, every, we talked about seed last week, everything that God has deposited in you, he has given you the ability to walk it out. He keeps you in. He sustains you on that journey. Why is this important? Because some of us, we start off in faith. We start off in trust. But somewhere along the line, external pressures come and we begin to lose heart. We begin to believe that God is this, He's this mean person who begins to put things inside of us that we'll never really attain or achieve or will really ever step into. But the truth is that when God keeps covenant, when God gives covenant, when God speaks a word, he sees it all the way through. This is truth. It's all the way through. So in Genesis 12, we see that God comes to Abram. His name was Abram at the time. In Genesis 12, verse 1, it says this. The Lord said to Abram, go. Say go. go. Go from your native country, your people, your father's household, to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. So not only was he to be blessed, he was to be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, <clears throat> and whoever curses you, I will curse and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. How many of you know that's an amazing promise? Think about receiving that. He comes to him, he says, you will be blessed, you will be a blessing, and through you, all the people of the earth will be blessed. But what I want you to see is, the blessing was in the go. I want to start here. I want to start with the reality that when God invites you into something, he's inviting you out of something. Think with me for a second. In order for Abraham to step into this incredible, amazing promise, he had to go from everything that was comfortable, everything that was familiar, everything that felt normal. God was inviting him out of that place and into something new. And for us as readers, we're like, wow, that's amazing. Whoa, he's blessed. But for Abram in that moment, it was a lot of letting go. It was a lot of like, listen, sometimes we get stuck because God invites us and we don't have faith for the, like, we don't know how it's going to happen. And I just want to dismantle today the how is less important when you know the who. Yeah. Like when you understand, listen, when, when you grow in relationship with this person called Jesus and you put your trust in him, you can take bold steps of faith because you know who you are following. You know that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He makes crooked paths straight. It's like if it's not done, if it's not good, then he's not done. And we continue to push forward. So, so God calls him, and I, and, I, and I wonder for you today, like for each and every one of us, 
what is that space? What, like, what is our Ur? That was where he lived. The place where he lived was, you are Ur. Like, what, what place is God calling you to leave? Maybe it's not geographical, but how many of you know sometimes a spiritual place is much more difficult than a geographical one? Sometimes you can be stuck in a place and a season for a long time. And even though the place sucks, at least you know what you got. It's like, well, I don't know. Because the truth is, when God invites us, it's scary. Sometimes people are sharing God dreams with me, and I'm like, this is my God dream. And they explain the dream with me, and it's something that could be accomplished all by themselves. I'm like, I don't know if that's a God dream. Because every time God has spoken something to me, it's always been beyond, above and beyond that which I can do by myself. Why? Why? Because if a dream could be accomplished by only me, then there would be the tendency for me to receive glory. But when you're in a position where it can only be God, it's like, oh my gosh, like, I, I can never do that. Please, I can never, do, you understand what I'm saying? So God is inviting us out, and I want you to understand that the promises of God are accessed through courage, boldness, and faith. Courage, boldness, and faith. This is the key. If you're leaving Ur, if you're leaving that place into promise, what gives you access? What's the key? Courage, boldness, faith. It walks you through the door to be able to step into the unknown and leave behind. Listen, there are things that were good for a season, but they're just not going to get you there, boo-boo. Like for the next, they're just not going to get you there. You cannot hold on to them. They feel safe. They brought fruit in one season. But according to John 15, he cuts off. He prunes. He prunes. There was a time where that branch, that, that thing, that job, that relationship, you, it produced fruit and it was good. Thank God for that branch, but it's time for the new. Say new. Oh, I felt that. I, I felt it. So, so your job is not to ask how it's to position yourself for the when. Right? It's not like we get stuck. Why? How? Okay, God. I need, no, we position ourselves. We, we begin to make adjustments in our life. We begin to reposition our life in such a way that when God, when God releases, when God gives, we're able to receive that. So we get to Genesis 15 and some time had passed. And how many of you know, like any good Christian, Abraham becomes weary. It's just the truth, man. I'm not, I'm not speaking, I'm sp corporately speaking. Sometimes when God speaks, if we're being honest, if we don't see it in the next 90 seconds, we become discouraged. But God, you said, you said, I don't get it. Did I mishear? Is he a false prophet? What's going on? And what I love about the story of Abram is God comes back and he reconfirms because he's long suffering. He's gentle. You've got to know God has, I don't, I know we've heard a lot, a lot of crap, but I don't think God has issue with us coming to him and saying, I'm struggling with this, man. I know it's like, I don't think God's sitting there like, you faithless generation. I feel like he's wanting us. Like when my wife is struggling, the, what I want for her to do the most is to come. There's, you know if you're in a relationship, the most grieving thing is when your other comes to you and says, I've been struggling with this for months. You're like, oh. Maybe some of you aren't, but at least for me, I'm like, why? 
Because what is it saying? What is it saying to the person that's not communicated to you? I don't know if I could trust you with this. So God comes, Genesis 15, and he says, after this, the word of the Lord, this is Genesis 15, came to Abram in a vision. And he said, do not be afraid, Abram. For, for God to say, do not be afraid, what does it mean? Abraham was? Okay, I'm glad we could establish that. He says, I am your shield. I want you to see this. I am your shield, your very great what? This is, this is, I believe, that thread that goes through the whole story of Abraham. That God wanted to bless Abraham, and he wanted to give Abraham everything he promised him. But at the end of the day, he wanted Abraham to understand, I am your great reward, not the promise. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? Do you, do you hear the unbelief? I have the promise, but I see no fruition. He's like, I have all of these things, but I have no one to pass these things on to. And the one who will inherit my estate will be Eleazar of Damascus. And Abraham says, you've given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. And he says this, this man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh will be and blood will be your heir. He took him outside. I love this. I want us to visualize this. He takes him outside. You see how God is vastly different than the way we view him? What's happening in Genesis 15? He's accusing God. You've given me a promise and my servant is going to inherit all the stuff. This is, you haven't even given me a son. And God's like, let me take you outside. And even, even as we were talking about during worship, what does he say? He took him outside and he says, look up. I want to say to you, man, good things always happen when you look up. 90% of the problem with the church is they have their eyes here. It's comparison, it's unbelief, it's doubt, it's fear, it's anxiety. We disqualify ourselves. Why? Because we're looking here. So, so he says to Abraham, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them, then he says, so your offspring will be. And I believe in this season in his, in his life and maybe in our lives, when we're walking through seasons where it's like, I have the promise God has gone into covenant with me. He's bound himself. Remember last week when we were talking about Ruth and how she had binded herself in, in that story? She bound herself. I was saying, God, I believe God is calling us to, into a season where we bind ourselves to one another. We bind ourselves to the Lord and to one another as a covenant family because that's what we're here. We're not a congregation. We are a covenant kingdom family. Yeah. That's what the Bible calls us. We are a covenant kingdom family. And so in this season in his life, I believe that God and Abraham, maybe some so more Abraham, Abraham is finding out what's really on the inside. How many of you know barrenness exposes a lot? Yeah. Seasons of waiting? Seasons of waiting? You see how it gets quiet? Like, I, don't, I don't like that message, bro. I'm doing the BK faith. Have it your way. I'm not a Yahi Burger King anymore, I know. Seasons of waiting, it causes all of the ugly stuff to come up. All of the questions. And sometimes, man, I saw, I saw this post yesterday. Actually, Sarah shared it. It says this, waiting can feel unproductive, passive, and weak. However, there is great power in waiting. It requires a God-endowed strength to not be moved by pressure or fear. To not go by any timeline other than the one he gives you. Did you hear that? 
What we fail to realize is sometimes God will use the promise to produce a thing inside of you. You think that the promise is the end game. And God is using that promise to develop faith, hope, patience. Are you here? Are you seeing this? He's using the journey. We, then the truth is we are a destination people. Get me there. I'm like, well, as soon as they create a car that drives itself, get me there. I ain't trying to do the whole journey thing. I like to travel, but I don't like the journey. I want to get there. And what we miss when, in the context of our faith, what we miss when we, when, we, when we go straight to the destination is we miss the beautiful journey that God is inviting us into. It doesn't feel beautiful. You're like, bro, that feels, it sucks. I get it. But, but when you get on the other side of the promise, you begin to see all that, he, all that he developed inside of you along the journey. Psalms 33 says this, 3317. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all of its great strength, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord, I want you to hear this, his eyes, the eyes of the Lord are, are, are on those who fear him on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, what's the hope in? It's not in his power. It's his love. Whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive. We wait in hope for the Lord, for he is our help. Who's the help? Waiting on God requires an active spirit. It requires you to be active. And I want you to see today, in the context of covenant, when God has promised you something, in the waiting, he's producing something. Are you with me? Yeah. I need you to see this because you're like, this, is just, this season is stupid. I just like, I don't get it. And I, I hate this. And God's like, I want to do something. Yeah. Like I want to I I I take some things out and I want to put some new stuff in. Yeah. And if we're not careful, this is why family is so important. Because in seasons of waiting, I've gotten like really, really like silly up here. And I've had to have people come up to me and say, hey, 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 that's not God. Hey, that's not, I don't know if you're processing that correctly because you know this. In seasons of waiting, we have a tendency to see things the wrong way. It's like everybody can see it except you. You begin to doubt, man. I remember when we were going to Africa. I was like, okay, God, I took my step. Now you provide the money. And like three weeks out, we, had, we did not have the money. And we went to a church to preach. And I was like, they were supposed to take an offering. And they forgot to take the, I'm like, this is why I'm here. <laughs> it's like, worship was great. And then they like, they give me the microphone. I'm like, I guess we're skipping like the offering thing. And, and, and I spoke. And I was like so distracted the whole time. Like, why am I here? I'm in Inverness right now. Where's Inverness? You know, it's like, it's a dry and desolate land. And I'm, I'm, I'm ministering, and, and, and I spoke my message, and we ministered, and then I sat down. And I remember feeling like, God, what is happening? I feel like, like even my family members were like, Gio, you're crazy. And my step of faith to go, well, I was going to be like, you're about to see God. You know, that, that was my attitude. You're about to see, and I'll never forget, man, at the very, 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 very end, that's how God works, right? Like, at the last minute, at the very end, the, the pastor stands up, and he's like, man, during worship today, the Lord was ministering to me, and we needed about $3,700, because I hadn't booked the flights yet, 
And we needed $3,700, and I'll never remember him crying on the stage. And this was a big sacrifice for this. It was a small church. And he stood up on stage and says, during worship, the Lord told me that we are to give everything that was given today to Desi and Gio to go, and it was like $3,800. But when I was sitting on that seat on the front row, God was producing something in me. (laughs) I was like, I was like, do I have enough credit cards? You know, I'm like, how... And, and this brings me to, to, like, Genesis 16, right? Like, this is what happens when we feel that pressure. You feel pressure, you begin to not see what God is doing. In Genesis 16, it says, now, now Abraham's wife had borne him no children, but he had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So he said to Abraham, the Lord has kept me from having children. Do you see, how do you see what I'm saying? Like, they're not seeing God rightly. Like the pressure had produced something in them that was saying God's not doing what he said he was going to do. It's unbelief. The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. And I want you to see this. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And this is the great temptation in covenant. This is the great temptation when we're on a God journey. That we would, that we would begin to say to, within ourselves, Perhaps I can build. Perhaps I can maneuver. Perhaps I can make it. You never, you understand? Maybe you've never done that. Maybe it's just me. But I know that the tendency in waiting and in, with God is we begin to look around and we begin, well, how can I make that happen? And the fruit of that thought is Ishmael. The, the fruit of that, of that, of that path is something that looks like the covenant, but is not. It's, it's something that we produce, and then it becomes an opposition to that. If you, if you read the story, you begin to see that they begin to mock Sarah. They begin to mock because that which is birthed in the flesh will always be in opposition of that which is birthed in the spirit. Every time. This is why the Bible says the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. Because that with that which is birthed in the spirit is sustained by the spirit. Some of you are tired and it's not the enemy. You've just birthed so much in the flesh that you're having to keep up with that it's exhausting. You don't need a demon cast out. You just need to cease from your own strengths. That's a word for you. Like, man, just, just stop it and get back with God and say, God, I'm tired and I don't know why. <laughs> are you alive? I'm happy today. <laughs> if your dream can be accomplished by your own shrink, I would question if it's yours or if it's his. So, so Genesis 17, they, they create their own son. They create their own, they go their own path. They create Ishmael. And then God comes, I love this. God comes in Genesis 17, 4, and he, and he releases over Abraham. Instead of saying, Abraham, how dare you? You missed it. On to the next one. He says, you will be a father over many. Do you, see, do you see how God works? He will release identity over you before you could even see it. I have father over many, I don't even got one. I don't got one. How can I be a father over many? But this is the way the Lord works. He begins to release over you because God sees you differently than you see yourself. For some of us, the biggest battle is not the, it's not the enemy in your ear. It's what you're seeing in the mirror and receiving. 
It's the accusations of the enemy coming into your ear and allowing it to plant seed in your heart. And God sees you not according to what could be, not, not according to what is, it's according to what could be. And he releases that over you. How many of you have felt that before? God will speak something to you like, that does not sound like me. It's the Gideon thing, mighty warrior. And Gideon's like, I'm hiding. <laughs> I don't feel like a mighty warrior. He, he releases identity over us even before we can see that. Listen, I'm trying to give you context for a covenant relationship. They walk away. They make mistakes. That's why it's important. Like, people are like, well, I don't want to get married. It's just a piece of paper. If it's just a piece of paper, then just sign it. What you're really, what, what, what's really happening is you're putting a person in a position where you're saying, at any point, I could just walk away. And this is the church. When we don't come into covenant with God, the first time offense comes up, you're like, well, I don't know. But when you're in covenant, cov covenant is different. Covenant says, I have bound myself to you no matter what you do. You see this in the story of Abraham. The mistakes, the unbelief. Even, even when God told him, Abraham, leave your family, he's still like, Lot, come on, let's go. It's along the whole, the whole story. He doesn't do it right, yet God continues to say, you will be a father over many. So Genesis 17, we're just walking through this story. When Abram was nine, 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and says, I am the almighty God. How many of you are thankful for that? Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. And then I will make covenant between you and me and will greatly increase your numbers. Then Abraham fell on his face and he said to God, as for me, this is my covenant with you. This is what I was saying. You will be a father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abraham, you will be called Abram, you will be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you fruitful, I will make nations of you, the kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as in what? Everlasting covenant. How many of you know how long everlasting is? It's everlasting. It lasts forever. and your descendants after generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after. The whole land of Canaan where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give to you as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Did you hear that promise? We were talking about this earlier. As, as, as believers, many of us are Gentiles. This is the promise that we've been grafted into. As, as believers of God, you have to know you're not just brought into a like, like let's say yes to Jesus and get out of hell quickly card. You have been grafted into a narrative where God says, I will bless you for everlasting. Wherever you go, I will bless you. Wh whoever you bless, I will bless. Wherever you go, I will go with you. My God will be your God. Do you, do you, are you understanding this? In Genesis 17... 18, Abraham says, well, let's do it this way. Why don't you take Ishmael and why don't you let that blessing sit on him? And God says, no. Why is this important? Because I want you to see something. God says he was going to bless Ishmael. If you read the text, God says, I will bless him, but it will never be covenant. He says, I will make a great nation out of him, but he will not be the, 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 the person of who I do many nations through. 
And what I want you to understand is that God, like sometimes we try to make Ishmael's come into the main blessing of God. And there's a difference between blessing and covenant. Did you hear me? There's a difference. You can be blessed, but it doesn't mean you're in covenant. There's something different about covenant and God. At one point in the story, God says, take your only son and go up the mountain, Genesis 22. Why, why did he call Isaac his only son when he had two sons? I would submit to you that God doesn't acknowledge those things that are birthed just through us in, in the flesh. Ishmael, if you would have looked at Ishmael, he probably walked like Abraham, talked like Abraham, looked like Abraham. The only problem is it wasn't covenant. It wasn't done the way, and let's listen, this, this for us can be difficult. Even for Abraham, I'm sure that Abraham loved Ishmael. And the truth is, some of us, we walk through different seasons and different times, and we, we, we become attached to the things that become familiar to us. But in order for us to step into covenant promise, we've got to let those things go. Say, let it go. We've got to let it go. So in Genesis 22, and this is kind of where we'll land, what does God do to the promise? I want you to see that God gives the promise. I want you to see that he sustains the promise. He doesn't give up, even when we mess up. But the last thing I want you to see is God purifies the promise. Say purifies. God says to Abraham, finally he has Isaac. And he has the dream. And the dream is there. And he loves Isaac. And finally God shows up one day. He goes, hey, 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 hey. Here, I got a good plan. Let's take Isaac and let's sacrifice him. Abraham's like, whoa. You understand years and years and years of waiting for a promise to then be asked to lay it down is, is difficult. Hello, it's difficult. It's like you've been waiting and waiting and God's like, I want you to take that. So, so you see in the story of Abraham, he goes and he takes his son. It says the next day, I love the quick obedience. The quick obedience. The next day, he saddles the horses. They go on a journey and they're going up the mountain. And I'm sure that Abraham had a lot, of, a lot of emotions, a lot of questions. Like, how is the promise going to pan out now? You rejected Ishmael, and now you're asking me to kill this one. And they're going up the mountain, and they leave their, like, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, they go up, they leave the, their, their servants, and they go up. And you got to think of it from, from Isaac's perspective, right? Isaac going up the mountain, and he's like, hey, we're going to go worship up there. He sees the rope. He sees the wood. Everything for a sacrifice except the lamb. He's like, hey, dad, like, you know. It's not like he's skipping. He's like, I don't know what's about to go down on the mountain. And they go up the mountain, and Abraham goes so far as to tie him up and raise the hand. And at the very last moment, he says, stop. And I love, I love what it says Genesis 15, Genesis twenty-two fifteen says, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld. Do you see that? Because you obeyed me and have not withheld even your son. That could also be like even the fulfillment of the promise. I swear by my own name, I will bless you. I will multiply you. He reconfirms the promise. But, but, but like that to me stood out today. When I was studying, what are the things that we are withholding? 
Think about this. They are God things. But I want to remind you that at the very beginning of the text, what did God say? I will be your great reward. And the tendency for us is to make the promise the reward and not the promise giver. It's easy for us to look like God has promised you to be wealthy, be wealthy. Be generous, give, but don't let the wealth have you. God has promised you to be influential, be influential. Impact people, go, whatever he's called you to do, do it. Own it, but don't let it own you. Genesis 22, what is he doing? He's taking the promise, that very thing which God promised him and gave him, and he says, I want to see if you'll be willing to give it back. I want to purify it, put it through the fire, and then I'll give it back to you. And on that mountain that day, we, we gloss over that story, man. But when you make it personal, I don't know if I'm taking that trip up the mountain with Judah. We read it like, oh, yeah, we know how the story ends. But in the moment, it's like, crap. He's going up the mountain. He don't know how the story's going to end. But again, I believe God is calling us as a people, as a covenant people, I believe like the promise that he gave to Abraham, I will bless you, I will make much of you, is your promise. Say it's mine. It's, it's your promise. And many of us, man, many of us, we hear that voice, right? It's like the rich young ruler where Jesus is saying, come follow me. Why did the rich young ruler not follow? He followed all the commandments. He, he kept all of them. But the problem was he couldn't let go of that which God had given him. They were good things. They weren't sin things. They were good things. And the Bible says every good gift comes from who? He gave it to him. The problem wasn't what he had. The problem was what had him. And many of us today, we hear God saying, go from your native land. Go from what's comfortable. Follow me. I will make much of you. But many of us, because we're holding on, we're like, oh, that's scary. I don't know. And we're unwilling to go. You can come up, Covey. We're unwilling to go. But what I want to show you is there's a revelation that Abraham had about God in Genesis 22. We've sung songs about it. Jehovah Jireh, right? The God who provides. The Bible says that for many, many years after, they would use this. They would say the Lord will provide on the mountaintop. Meaning from that interaction that day, there was a revelation of who God was that many can pull from, but it came on the backside of him laying down that which was the most, that which he loved the most. And I want you to understand, we were just crying out during worship today for God to open our eyes, for God to reveal himself in a greater way. How many of you desire that? Like to grow, to see him, to see him for who he really is. For him to open up our eyes, the eyes of, we want all of that. But many times, it, it comes on the other side of a laying down of that. which it, It's not that he's, that he's trying to take it away. It's that he wants to be only. I believe this. I believe God wants you to have every promise. I believe he wants you to be blessed. And I believe he wants you to be a blessing. But in the midst of all of that, all I hear is I'm ministering this message is, I am your reward. <laughs> That's all I want for you. 
that God would expand you. Listen, as we step into two services, the one prayer we've prayed the most as, as, as we expanded 10 and 6, we were praying, God, just keep it pure. That's why it took us so long. We've been full for, for months now. It's like, God, we want to hear you and we want you to keep it pure. It's not that more dilutes it. It's just we as humans have the tendency to make the main thing not the main thing or make the, not the main thing the main thing. So if the church becomes about attracting more people, how many of you know that's not the main thing? The main thing is the person we're calling people to see. <laughs> Why? Because he is the great reward. So I want us to stand. I'm going to pray over you. And we're going to invite prophetic company in just a moment. But here's a question that I have for you today. I want you to hear this for just a moment. What are you holding on to? What are you withholding that is stopping you from stepping into all he has for you? As a covenant people, God has given us a lot. He's blessed us. We're going to talk about these promises. He's rich in mercy, which means you're rich in mercy. He's the prince of peace, which means your inheritance is peace. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills, which means you lack nothing. And he wants us to have all of those things, yet he wants those things to not have us. So I'm going to pray this morning that we would step into that covenant of God blessing us and being a blessing through us, but that our hearts would remain pure. That we would not produce Ishmael's, that we would not produce situations, ideals, circumstances out of our own flesh, but we would wait on the Isaac. Yeah, even now, Father, right now, in Jesus' name. Father, anything in our lives that we've produced in our own strength, we repent. Oh, repentance is a good word. We repent. We don't want to go our own way. We don't want to build our own way. We want to wait for the promise. So Father, would you make us a house that births Isaacs? Make us a people that birth according to covenant, according to truth. Father, I ask that you produce in the waiting everything you want to produce. Oh, ask Him. In the crushing and the waiting, would you produce in us? Would you produce in us? Father, I ask for a grace to let go. To let go. I know it's hard. I know. But there's grace. Even the good things. Because He has better. So, Father, we refuse to settle for that which looks like covenant but isn't. We want to step into everything you have. Everything you have. Oh, Jesus, I love that you called Abraham a friend. I want to be your friend. Oh, we want to be your friends, Lord. We want to be your servants. We want to be your friends. So, Father, would you produce in us a person that can be friends with you?
help us, Jesus, to wait on you for the fulfillment of every promise. us to lay our lives down for one another. Bind us in love. Just ask Him. Bind us in love. John 17 says that we will love one another as the Father and the Son love one another. Father, help us to enter into the fellowship of the burning heart. A heart that burns with passion and desire. speaking to you. Maybe it's a relationship. It, maybe it's a thought that you've been holding on to. I just want you to see yourself giving it to Him. I don't care if you have to tangibly just lift up your hand. Just, just God, He'll take it. But you got to give it. We give to you right now. I just feel like even as an activation, we give to you. Our families, our businesses, our finances, our marriages, our ministries, all of it is yours. All of it is yours. Our children, they're yours. They're yours. Our minds are yours. space for some ministry time if you need prayer for healing I want to share testimony you want to come up here real quick we've been praying for a while I just want to share a testimony to lift up your faith we've been praying he was diagnosed with cancer some time ago how long has it been now around 70 this time you know 
even take 50, you know, I said, yeah, me too, I want zero, but, you know, you know, God said, you know, God says it's my time when I heal you. So anyway, she finally calls me and says, it went to 30. But, so, anyway, I go back tomorrow for my up next treatment. But anyway, Monday night, I'm sitting in a prayer group. I pray with these ladies, been from church for years. We always pray on Monday night. And I'm sitting there, and they're praying over me, and they throw the oil on me, and God, and I'm sitting there, and God says, I am. I am your healer. I'm your provider. I am what you need me to be. I am. You put whatever you want. God is I am. So I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'm healed. I'm getting, I'm getting my healing. I'm getting my healing. So today, just a while ago, as I'm laying on that floor, God tells us you're healed. You're healed now, Mike. You are healed now. So I didn't, I didn't want to do chemo. I wanted to do it my way. As we you spoke today, I wanted it my way. I wanted an instant miracle. Let's boom, wipe it out and be done. You know, but God says I have to use other people for healings too. And so I'm standing on these promises that I am Let, Let's agree. Let's agree. Let's just agree for that right now, yeah? Father, we agree with Mike and with the word you released for him. And we thank you for a cancer-free body. We thank you that Mike's body is your body. And we rebuke any bit of cancer right now in Jesus' name. And we declare over him that by your stripes he is healed. He is healed. And I thank you that Mike's best days are ahead of him. I thank you for what you're going to do through Mike and in Mike. And I thank you for the testimony of healing. I thank you that you are faithful. You are faithful. I thank you for the revelation of I am over Mike. In Jesus' name. Amen. how God can use any situation for a revelation Mike had a revelation through a difficult season that God is I am so listen every promise in this book is yours look at me every promise in this book is yours whether you're going to grab a hold of it or not is up to you so I want to challenge you today as Tiffany and prophetic company comes if there's any area of your life that is under the influence of something that's not according to this book you need to pray through that thing and just rebuke it we just don't when Mike told me he had cancer I was like I hear it but I don't accept it you understand that I hear it but I don't accept it we're believing God for every promise amen